Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that may rattle you up a bit. We have fantasy. We have X's and O's. We've got interviews with industry bigwigs. It's going to be awesome. You ready, my friend? I am, sir. That's great. On today's show, we're going to break down all of the possible first-round picks of the 2022 NFL Draft from the offensive side of the ball. But first, I want to dig a little bit into the Debo Samuel trade. How does him coming out and requesting a trade and saying that he doesn't want to run the ball, how's that making you feel? It's not making me feel good. don't like anything about it. Why not? I, I, I'm not big on players choosing what they're going to do on their team. Uh, we've discussed this at somewhat length. I certainly don't like the fact that the 49ers made him who he is by giving him this dual role. He's They have helped make him probably about $100 million more million in his NFL career because of it. And then he just decides one day he doesn't feel like doing it anymore, and he wants out. Well, look, he is awesome. He is my favorite player. Now, I'm an Eagles fan, but you're not going to find a more exciting guy on the field to watch. But he's never played a full complement of games. This past season was more of an anomaly in terms of production rather than the norm. He basically doubled his career targets this past year. He more than doubled his career receiving yardage. He doubled his rushing yards, tripled his rushing attempts. The list goes on and on. If Debo wants me to pay him Devontae money, Tyreek money, I got to see more of it. I love him to death. I think he's arguably the best offensive weapon in the entire game. But I've seen this Flash in the Pan movie before. I can't give up $100 million hoping you replicate something that you've only done once in your life. Yeah, everything's crazy about it, dude. So there's one guy in the NFL that every time he touches the ball, he might score. That's Debo. There's times where I I literally, I think he's going for a five-year loss. He somehow ends up running 27 yards for a touchdown. Tiptoe that sideline. It doesn't, I'm not saying it doesn't matter if he's jumping over somebody, bowling you over, or outrunning everyone. The guy's a machine. He really is. Can he replicate? Will they keep running the offense like that? The thing, the thing I don't get about any of, of it, I don't even, I don't think any of this has to do with money. He said, don't even offer him a bigger contract. He yep. just doesn't want to be there. So is there something more to this? Is there, we've discussed, what if he goes to another team and they decide they want to go and run the ball a couple times? Is he just going to say no? Is he going to sit there and, you know, run to the end zone, take his shirt off, throw it up in the stands, pull an A-B? What's he going to do? Seriously, tell me, what is he going to do? If he gets to pick what plays he's going to run for now on, what positions he'll play, what's next? That's another thing we talked about, you know. So, so where do we go from there? Why does he not want to dominate? Why does he not want to be the best receiver in the league, the best running back in the league? Because, you know, we talk all the time about how NFL coaches have egos. These players have egos through the roof. How yep. do you not want to be the best? Like, I mean, listen, it's this isn't how I feel. But when you're Debo Samuel, how do you not think, hey, I'm going to be the best all-around football player this world's ever seen? How do you not want to go after that and achieve that? 
I don't understand. I don't either. That He's a household name now. At the beginning of last year, let's just take it into the fantasy world. What, where'd Debo go? Sixth round? Ye- seventh. Seven I got him round? in the seventh in one of my leagues. I know that for a fact. Okay. So he went from a relative unknown guy. People knew had potential. We're hoping, okay, he puts up some numbers. They're a run-based offense anyway, so you could only expect so much. And he just turns into the juggernaut every single week. The guy's if, dominating. If not for a, like, out-of-this-world season from Cooper Cup, Debo's the number one fantasy receiver in all of football. Yeah, it's just it, – it's a monster season. It was crazy. Anybody that had – I mean, I, I don't know the percentages of how many teams won a championship with him on it or at least made the playoffs with him on it. I mean, he made teams. He's like a kingmaker player last year. Now, I know the, the Niners came out and said, we're not trading him. But if you look at the draft and you look at the first round, it, first off, take the draft trade compensation chart. If you look at it and you look at the Devontae Adams trade, you look at the Tyreek Hill trade. If you take all of that compensation, add it together, it comes out to be around an 11th to 13th round pick for each of those guys. That's what they earned. Now, I don't think Debo should earn that yet. Like I said, it's an anomaly. One year, he was a monster. Now, I'm not saying he can't be a monster again, but I don't I look, I'm not shelving out a hundred million dollar contract for that one year. But let's look at the draft. Let's look at starting with pick 11. And you tell me, yes or no, could this team use a receiver? 11, Washington. Obviously. Especially since Lauren wants out too, potentially. 12, Minnesota. Nah. Right. Thielen's getting old, but he still produces. He's fine. They got Justin Jefferson. Houston, 13. (laughs) I would say yes. Okay. 14, Baltimore. I would say... I want to say yes. I would love to have him, but they're going to force him to run the ball some, so that's out. So 15, Philly, of course. Of course. 16, New Orleans. Definitely. 17, Chargers. Uh, They got two two big contracts. Yeah. Then we got – we got Philly, New Orleans, back-to-back again, and then we get into the 20. 20 is the Pittsburgh. They're not going to go for him. How about 21, New England? My point is we got nine or ten picks right there where where the money is, where that trade compensation would work out for Debo, and all those teams need a receiver. So if you're one of those teams, do you give up that pick for Debo? Uh, knowing you got to pay him, though, he's going to want that contract. Or I got a couple more scenarios for you. According to the draft trade compensation chart, the Detroit Lions, they have picks 32 and 34. You add those up, that equals pick 13. Hey, there we are, right in that realm. And if you're the Lions, you got pick two. You got pick, You got those pick 32 and 34. You get whoever you take it to. Maybe Aiden Hudson gets there. Maybe you go with another edge rusher, whatever you get. And then you end up with Debo. Not bad. The New York Jets. 35 and 38. You add those two picks together, you're right around pick 15. So if you're New York Jets, at four, you take Sauce Gardner, a defensive player. At 10, you take another defensive player, whoever you want. A lot of people have a receiver getting mocked to them at 10, myself included. What if you get Debo with picks 35 and 38? Chicago picks 39 and 40. Their number one receiver right now, I believe, is Darnell Mooney. That's frightening. You give 39 and 48 up, that equals pick 17. 
And then the last one, Atlanta, picks 43 and 58. You're right at pick 22. Does that get it done? I don't For think either any side. of them would get it done. If I was the Niners, I wouldn't do any of that. I'd make him play. He's got, he was a second rounder, right? Debo, correct? Uh, I thought it was third, maybe. I thought, I thought, I'm pretty sure he was second. I Regardless, what, what, how many years he got left? One? Correct. No fifth year option. They have no money to pay him. No money Not to this pay year. him. No money to pay him. Oh, they potentially could, though. You know, the salary cap. know that the salary like cap is imaginary. Uh, so you have all that. And we had discussed earlier, we talked about the salary cap. We talked about franchising players. Another reason he may want out, he doesn't want to have a long-term contract there. Uh, because for this year and actually next year's numbers, wide receivers make about $9 million more a year than running backs for franchise purposes. So – and that's based strictly on the most plays you had at a position or the position you had the most plays at. And he's getting dangerously close to maybe being called a running back. Now, I don't think that would end up happening. It'd be wide receiver. So I don't know. On one hand, he seems like he doesn't care about money. On another one, it seems like he does. On another hand, he wants to be – does he care about the fame? I don't know. Does he want to be the greatest receiver in the league? Could he be the greatest receiver in the league without all that other stuff with it? And when teams are just – all they have to worry about with him is just covering him. Well, he didn't do it before, so is he going to do it now? But still, if I'm the Niners, you've got the best weapon maybe in the entire league. None of that stuff is worth it. None of those draft picks, they might not amount to anything, but you've got this guy who can just take over games. That, like I, that Rams game when he just dominated them. He was the team. You, you know I love chaos. This offseason has been my favorite offseason in the history oh, yeah. of football. She's been it's crazy. Been She's been crazy. So, last thing on Debo. If one of the, the – the 49ers have no first-round picks this year or next year because the Trey Lance, what looks like might be a mistake. Obviously, there's still uh, – you know, there's still a lot to learn there. But one of these teams comes calling, and they say, hey, we'll the, – the, Patriots will give you the 21st pick or the Eagles will give you the 15th pick or whatever. And you send Debo there. What if you don't do it until pick 14 happens and you see my guy who we're going to talk about here a little bit. Traylon Burks is right there. You get that. You're getting rid of Debo who you're going to have to pay. And then you basically get baby Debo for, for five years. So you got rid of a player who didn't want to do what Traylon Burks does anyway. You bring him in. You save yourself some money. If it's me, I go for it. But then again, it's not me. Proven commodities, brother. It's true. And it's true. the fact that they don't have draft picks, I think our boy Les Need says it best. I'm not going to say it. But... <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't need those draft picks. Les, Les Snead doesn't – he doesn't need them. He says it best. That shirt said it all, brother. You got that right. All right, well, let's get to the meat of the show, uh, and let's talk offensive draft prospects in the 2022 NFL Draft. It's happening next Thursday, the 28th of April in Las Vegas. Now, we'll go quarterbacks first, and I just want to go ahead and, and say before we get started, we're not going to be talking tight ends. Tight ends are the only position we're skipping because – well, Trey, Trey McBride, right? And That's then 
And that's, I mean, that's it. I don't even know if he's the best. He probably is. His production was ridiculous, but that's a, there's no tight end going in the first round. We can skip that one. Quarterbacks. Now I'll give you my top five. We'll go your top five and then we'll just pick random who we want to talk about. I got Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. Number one, I got Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter. Number two, Malik Willis from Liberty. Number three, Matt Corral, four and Sam Howe, five. I know yours is a little bit different. Just a little bit. Uh, Malik Willis, Liberty, number one. Kenny Pickett from Pitt, two. Uh, Matt Corral, Miss. Uh, I believe I had Desmond Ritter at four and Carson Strong at five from the bottom. So we'll we'll go my five first since they're basically the same. We'll just go in the order of mine. We'll switch up running backs for you. Kenny Pickett, number one for me. He, none of these quarterbacks. Let's let's start out by saying are are your surefire picks. There's no Trevor Lawrence here, right? There's no Andrew Luck. We're not even close. We're looking at best. These guys sit a year and then maybe are decent starters. They're not going to save any franchises. Now the one who might who probably has the best chance of doing that is Malik Willis, your number one guy. He's got the traits, but Kenny Pickett is the safest pick for me. Um. They'd, a lot of talk about his hand size. I don't really care about his hand size. He had a lot of fumbles in college, which raises some eyebrows. Um, but he is easily the best quarterback we have at going through his progressions, and he is willing to check down. And for me, quarterbacks that are willing to check down, it's the Tom Brady syndrome. A uh, 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 quote that they use is, you'll never go broke taking a profit. All these quarterbacks try to force these passes in, these intermediate passes, deep passes. You don't have to. Check it down. He's willing to do that. He's played a ton. He's got 40-some starts in his college career, I believe. Uh, not a whole lot of production to a senior year, but I think he is the most ready to go right now, even though you don't want him to. I fully agree with that. He is the one most pro-ready right now. I I can't get excited about any of these guys except Malik Willis. But to even talk about them, it just seems like an exercise of futility. I don't think any of them besides Willis or maybe Strong is ever going to really potentially amount to a lot and have a real bearing on the league. I think they're going to end up being guys that carry clipboards for a long time. They'll get some spot starts here and there. I just can't see any of these. I just I, – I, I don't know. remember a quarterback class that's so uninspiring. It, well, let, let's go back. Was it 20, 2014? We had EJ Manuel. Is that was the EJ Manuel draft with him? And then Geno Smith went yeah. in the second round. Well, even even those guys, there was some buzz about them. These, there's no buzz. You don't hear about really any of these guys. Except Malik Willis is the only one anybody really talks about. The guy that really looks like he could come in there and yeah, okay, I I'm with you. I think the guy definitely needs a year. Again, just carrying clipboards around, learn the game figure out the pro offense. He's never had to play against guys that are as fast as he is playing a Liberty. He didn't exactly, you know, playing play the best competition. So he needs a lot. He needs to learn. But these other guys, I can't see any of them ever. These aren't, these aren't guys I think they're ever going to be pro bowlers. These aren't guys that are going to win Super Bowls. Well, listen, if Nick Foles and Trent Dill from Brad Johnson can win Super Bowls, they just <laughs> might. I mean, Jared no, but Goff again, those guys are just pretty much career backups that ended up right. freaking getting their chance to play. And they had amazing teams around them. Correct. And 
won Super Bowls. They aren't really guys, again, that inspire greatness in our minds that we think are borderline Hall of Famers or anything along that line. You're right. Anybody can win a Super Bowl. But these aren't guys that I'm drafting expecting to take me to the promised land. I just don't Correct. see it. Last thing on Ritter, watching his film, he didn't look – his arm didn't look real strong. I mean – he was real comfortable in the pocket, and when he knew where he was going, the ball was out pretty quick. Now, he's not as quick a release as Matt Corral, but, but, but it was quick enough. But then I watched his um, pro day film, and obviously everyone looks good on a pro day, but his arm looked a lot stronger. And then I looked into some stats, and he has the fifth best deep ball accuracy since 2019. And, that, and so it's Joe Burrow, it's Mac Jones, it's Zach Wilson, some Grayson McCall. I got to be honest, I'm not too familiar with him. Um, but then it's Kenny Pickett. So. I don't know. Yeah, he, we'll he might be again. good. I know. I know. You, you and I, I we, we, you, we, I we, want to be excited. You and I subscribe to the same philosophy. We've talked about this a lot. In the first five quarterbacks of every year, you're going to have one all pro, one guy who's a solid star forever, you know, pro bowl type guy, two people that start some, sit some, perennial backups, and one guy that's just going to completely flame out. Right. Which one of these five guys is your flame out? You ask me right now. I'm asking you right now, right here on the spot. Which one of those five guys do you think has the least chance? Because, you know, it's going to happen. Well, one thing we know we talk about all the time is the thing that matters more than anything, more than how good you are at football is where you get drafted and what 100%. team you play. Mac 100%. Jones, perfect example. You put Mac Jones on literally any other NFL team, and he is probably a backup at best, a, a terrible starter. You put him in the New England Patriots, and that is a pristine spot for him. I still yeah. can't believe that worked out the way it did. Uh, but for me, probably, man, it, that's tough because they're all right there. It's not like, like we said, there's there's no one way ahead of the pack. There's no one way behind the pack. They're all just kind of right there. So you can close your eyes, throw a dart. If I had to really put a dollar on it, because that's all I'd be willing to bet, Matt Corral. I actually agree with that. Okay. I, well, I think he's hyped up. Hyped up, hyped up, hyped up. He he plays hard. He loves the game. He's tough. He's got the quickest release, man. And he's got a really strong – some people think he's got the strongest arm in the draft. I don't know. I, I don't know if they just didn't watch Malik Willis throw a 75-yard bomb. Yeah, but, him or uh, Carson Strong because <laughs> I think they both got him on that. You're probably right. Um, Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati, uh, uh, just like – Mr. Pickett and uh, Sam Haug, I'll talk about later. Lots of starts under their belt. Ritter has a strong arm, a lot of strong arms in this class. He can get the ball anywhere he wants to. But the thing that really bothers me with him is that he will have an amazing throw. And you're like, okay, there's an NFL throw. And the very next play, he'll throw a screen pass to his running back and throw it in the third row of the bleachers. Wide open receivers, he'll miss. I mean, Awfully. I, I don't know how it happens. Now, granted, I'm not, you know, I'm not at Cincinnati. I'm not playing Alabama. I'm, I'm not, I don't have a hundred thousand people in the stands watching me, but it is so maddening that because, because if he wouldn't miss these wide open guys, he, he might be the number one guy out here, but these, his footwork's a little shoddy at times, but missing these wide open guys over and over again, is just, it's irritating. I'm with you. The biggest thing knock I've 
found on him, honestly, is his endless sack taking. And how there's already a few GMs in the league already saying can't deal with it. Literally, that they're, they'll pass on him strictly. I, I read an article the other day. They'll pass on him strictly because of that. If you're already taking sacks at the collegiate level, man, what are you going to do with these guys that are on you like that right off the snap? If the guy just he holds the ball too long, he goes through the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, 17, three, and next thing you know, he's on the ground. Doesn't work in the NFL. It's like a turnover anymore. The NFL, a sack's almost like a turnover anymore. I'm over here laughing because I'm looking at my notes and word for word after watching this film, I wrote, pressure also gives him fits, which will not correlate to much success in the NFL. It will not. I know. Not. He, he's athletic. Dude, he ran, what would he run, a 4 4 9 40 or something like that? The, the 4 10 5 two, I've got, yeah, he's fast. Okay. Yeah. He's big. We'll, we'll call it a 4 5 he's flat. Tall. I mean, that's not big. He's tall. The one thing, the one thing I'll give him is he, by all accounts, crushed the interviews. The guy loves football. He's super intelligent. And speaking of intelligent, did, did you just see that Kenny Pickett scored a seventeen on the Wonderlick? That's not good. That's not I thought, good. I think I rid of the Wonderlick altogether. I thought that was apparently not. Or he took it for funsies and it backfired. I don't know. I could have sworn I read about a month ago that they were the Wonderlick was going. File 13. But the uh, the interview process is very important. It can really set some guys apart. And oh yeah, uh, Ritter, Ritter and Willis, I, from what I've heard, had the best interview process. So that, I'm, I'm interested to see it, what that does for him. Because, you know, some front offices will be like, hey, look, I understand. I can teach him the footwork. I can teach him to move around the pocket, avoid these sacks. I can teach him to not miss wide open guys. I can't teach a guy's to to love the game and and be a leader. I mean Desmond Ritter's leadership qualities are through the roof. So I um I, again these guys are so close. Number three, Malik Willis. What, you, why don't you you lead us off here on, on Malik Willis? This is your number one guy. So Malik, obviously the athleticism's through the roof. We're, we're talking like L Jack speed here. Yes. He's got an arm that he can just chuck that thing. He's Aaron Rodgers just chucking that thing as far as he wants to chuck it. Uh, you know, he makes a lot of good throws. Doesn't necessarily make a lot of reads. But the guy can play. And the big thing, what's he been against? That's what I don't like. That's why I think he really needs a year again back up. He's just a freak. He's just a freak who could just – he could totally flame out, but he also could dominate. I really think he's a guy you – again, the right team, he could just go in potentially right away if he has to. If we've got a hot seat team where he's got to go in right away or an injury, I think he could do it. He's got – he's just – he's just he's just a great player. He is, and uh, he did play at a small school. But when he went down to the senior bowl – I don't even think you could argue he was the best quarterback there. They had a, a one day when it poured the rain in practice, and he was the only quarterback that the rain didn't affect. It didn't matter to him. He was throwing through it, um, and I thought that was pretty impressive. Again, like I mentioned, he had, uh, he's been great through the interview process. And on top of what you said, I, I, I watched his film. I watched full games, several of them. I'm not sure. Maybe twice I saw him go to a second read. He looks, his first read's there, great. If it's not, he runs. 
That is a big no-no for me as far as NFL quarterbacks. And that is really one of the, the biggest reasons that he's not number one. When this whole process started, he was my number one. But it's those little things, going through your reads, not getting too jittery in the pocket. That is what knocked him down because he gets a lot of Josh Allen comps, which are accurate as long as you're not thinking Josh Allen now. You think Josh Allen when he came out? Yes. Little inaccurate at times. Um, Josh Allen is not who, when he was a rookie, is not anywhere near who he is now. I mean, he's a he's an MVP in the league candidate now. Uh, he was not that coming out. So if you want to talk to me about Malik Willis, comparing him to Josh Allen as a rookie, I get it. I see the tools, the big arm, the legs, all that stuff. I, I get that comp, just, just not Josh Allen today. No, no, he's definitely not going to be Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen, I mean, after that first year, there was talk of sitting him. You know, it, he really had – I mean, that had been a huge blunder, but, yeah, there was real talk of him. Is this guy really for real? Why did we get this guy so high? What a joke. This is not working out. But, boy, has it ever. Is he ever going to be that good? Who knows? But I think this is a guy if, of anybody in there that could lead a team to a Super Bowl. I really do. Well, uh, listen, you could pull a name out of a hat. But um, the one one other thing I want to say is I know pro days are pro days, but watching Malik Willis's red oh. zone throws at his pro day, absolute perfection. He I don't think he missed when the ball's in the air. And I'm watching the receiver. I think this is where I want the ball to go. And dude, he didn't miss it by an inch, man. He destroyed the the red zone throws in his pro day, and I was man, that really got me going. Yeah, that pro uh, day was week, pretty. What's that? My favorite thing was that 70-yard bomb he oh. threw on a, that the most perfect strike in the world. And he throws it like nonchalantly. And when it's over, he's just standing there smiling at people like, okay, yeah, I do this in my sleep. Yeah. Granted, it's just your pro day chucking to a guy. But, wow, that was that was cool to watch. Our last three guys, I think we run through pretty quickly. Matt Corral, Sam Howell, because Sam Howell's my fifth, and Carson Strong, I think, was your fifth as well. Yeah. or. Uh, we both agreed, Sam. If we had to pick one, Matt Corral is probably our bust of the group. Um, he's smaller. He's only like 6'1", 205, something like that. Uh, he's athletic. He can run. He's got a very oh, yeah. quick release, which I've mentioned a time or two. Um, very accurate in the short to intermediate level. But I don't know. There's not a lot to get me excited about him. He threw a lot of uh, picks early in his career. He was able to fix that this year. So that's great. Sam Howe. He produced uh, very well in his first two years, and then he lost two receivers to the NFL, two running backs to the NFL in the same draft last year. And it was a whole different season for him. He rushed for a million yards this year. It was basically, I'm going to throw it to my first or second read, or I'm going to take off. And they called so many designed runs for how it was very um, out of character or, I don't know, the play calling changed tremendously when they didn't have he didn't have his go-to guys to throw to or hand off to. I um, mean, he had over 800 yards this year, 11 touchdowns. So, uh, Sam Howe, if you just looked in a vacuum at the at just the throwing motion and the ball leaving the hand, he might be the prettiest guy we have here. But after that, things go a little downhill. Uh, and Carson Strong didn't. Yeah, you're more of a Carson Strong guy than I am. Yes, he is strong, but dude, he's got two surgeries on his leg. He he's got anchors for feet, 
And uh, I mean, I'm not sure he could get out of the way if I was blitzing him. I'm not worried about the leg nearly as much. That was some time ago, that injury, but I know some NFL execs will definitely be worried about it. And he is a statue. There's no doubt about that. But he's a big boy. He can handle some of that. But it's the throws, man. It's the far best thing. I, there's not a throw the guy can't make. There just isn't. He can chuck it. He knows what he's doing. The guy's sharp, dude. He can throw that deep ball, too. I'd love to see him get on a team where they have, like, your Tyreek that can just – he's one of those few guys that receivers aren't going to outrun him. Yeah, I, I just – I think – I think he's an NFL more NFL ready than some of those guys as well. Again, so much of this is just going to matter. Where does he go? And where's he going to go in the draft? I've seen some people you say he could sneak into the end of the first round. Others Mel saying Kuyper's got a fifth he round grade the, the third round. What's that? Bill Kuyper's got a fifth round grade on him. That's what I'm saying. So he, he's just all over the place because like you said, the injuries, uh, the fact he played at Nevada. Now, he did probably have the, the most pre-snap responsibilities of any of these guys. I mean, he he was really in control of that offense, which that does bode well for, for an NFL quarterback. Yeah, he could be a monster. But like I said, he's like all these guys, completely hit or miss. All right, so let's move on to the running back position unless you have anything to add with the QBs. And your, number, we one were... guy, your number one guy, I believe, was Brees Hall, right? That's correct. Why do you love him? I don't know why I love him any more than Kenneth Walker. I just maybe like his name better. It's close, isn't it? Brees Hall is a pretty cool name. It's when close. You have one a and, yeah, when you have one A and one B. For me, I, I think but, Kenneth Walker is the better runner, but Brees Hall, I think, is more of a complete package uh, just yeah, simply because of, of the receiving. Yeah, he catches a lot of passes. Dude, they're both just dynamic players. Fast, cut on a dime. They can do anything. They can run inside, outside. If there was such a thing as a third down or a three down back anymore, both of them could fit it. We both know that doesn't exist, but either one of these guys are monsters. It just stinks that running backs are so devalued now. Agreed. I mean, there's, there's a very real chance neither one of them is going to go in the first round. They both ran a 4 3 40, and they're both oh, they're well over 200 pounds. Oh, yeah. 220, These guys, they're big boys. I, I, I love, well, I mean, I'm a running back guy. I always will be. And I love the position. I love watching it on film. And I mean, these two guys were just, it was a, it was a treat. I, I mean, the vision on Brees Hall, he's so, even though he's what, 5'11, 220, he's quick, man. He's got nice contact balance. We saw the receiving skills. We didn't see the receiving skills as much with Kenneth Walker. Um, but practice film, if you can get your hands on practice film, they did throw him the ball in practice. So there's at least something out there that shows that he can catch the ball. But uh, Brees Hall, 1,400 yards, 20 touchdowns. He forced 74 missed tackles. 74 he's missed tackles. That's He's a freak again. Watching him, it's like a man, a man playing with boys, right? He's yeah. pretty much any game plays, and he's the best guy out on the field. And, and it's, you know, it's not like he went against terrible competition. Oh, no. He went not. against decent defenses. Yeah. No, he, he he just lit everybody up. Again, the one guy on the team you had to stop. Didn't matter now, correct, it just, uh, he just leaks out. You get him a, a little, little swing pass, and he's just going. Going. And the thing that's great is Brees Hall, as impressive as 74 missed tackles are, 
Kenneth Walker had 89 broken tackles. And obviously he was a Doak Walker award winner for best running back in the country, but that doesn't mean a whole lot. You know, uh, was it Kobe Bryant was the, got the Jim Thorpe award for the best corner in the country. And he's nowhere. He's not even going to snip the first round. That being said, I think Kenneth Walker deserved it. And he probably was, at least in my opinion, he was the best running back um, in the country, man. This dude shows Kenneth Walker shows urgency at the goal line. If they're anywhere near the end zone, he has to score. You can see, I don't know if it's good that you can see a change of gears, but when he sniffs that goal line, man, it, he's like a different dude. And he averaged 4.3 yards per carry after contact. After contact. Yeah. There are dudes that don't average 4.3 yards per carry, period. This dude got it after contact. They're monsters. You can't get wrong with either one of them. It's going to be so interesting to see where they go. Because I don't want to see the one that have to waste a year in every third series. I'd love to see either one of these guys just immediately be plugged in and just take over games. I'd love it. Well, listen, we just – I think the best we can hope for is that they get a Jonathan Taylor role. Oh, yeah. Right? Because not very many – now, they're not. no one's going to get a Derrick Henry role because – no one's Derrick Henry. Um, but hopefully they can get a role somewhat like Jonathan Taylor and get a chance to show what they got. Should be now That's for the rest need of- is a chance. Because remember, JT, Correct. he really struggled that first half of that first year to the point there were some people even saying, what did we do there? Here's another miss. Like, seriously, there's a lot of talk out there like, this guy, here we go again. And then, boom, he had that huge end of the year and now he's the god who walked his man in the fantasy world. <laughs> now, uh, we combine those because I, I knew that we both had those guys as our top two flip-flop. You, you're Brees Hogg and Walker, and I'm Walker and, and Hall. But then our last three get a little different. I, I go Isaiah Spiller, Pierre Strong, small school guy, and Kyron Williams. And yours are a little different. Who do you have? Brian Robinson, Spiller, and Strong. Okay, so we, we both have Spiller, so let, let's do him first. The problem with Spiller is not Spiller. The problem with Spiller is Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall because I watched his film third, and I just kept thinking to myself, all right, what can this guy do that they can't? Could Brees Hall do this? Oh, for sure. Could Walker do this? He'd have probably got an extra three yards there. And it killed me on Spiller because I think he's a good – I think he's a good – running back. He's, he's a great receiving running back. I just, his film didn't excite me. If I'd have watched it first and I don't, I mean, I don't know what this says about, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's other scouts. Maybe it's everybody. Maybe it's nobody watching those other guys first where I could not wait to see the next play. And, and, and listen, I'm watching games. I'm watching play. I'm watching them block or attempt to block. These guys don't really block too much. I'm watching fake routes, fake handoffs. I'm watching it all. And I just could not wait to see the next play for Walker Hall. And Spiller, I was just kind of like, yeah, this guy's he's really good. But that's that's it. He's just a really solid back. And I, I wasn't on the edge of my seat for him. I mean, it's understandable. Those two guys are, you know, when I when I write down some things here with my rankings beside both of our first two boys, I just wrote God. <laughs> That's what they are on the football field. They're freaks. You can't compare everybody else to them. 
Uh, You're right. It's, 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 yes. You know, you, you almost have to put them out of the back of your mind and say, okay, this guy here, he is solid. I admit to you when I first started Waddle, I think his running style is a little bit like AP. I think he just looks like a slower version of him. He sees a hole. He's gone. He can outrun some people. You know, his 40s, not, you know, he's not too rest. He's got, he's got great football speed. Uh, he's going to be a solid player. He's going to, he, he should do well again, the team, how are they going to use him? I don't know how often he's going to ever be on a third down. If ever, uh, he catches the ball well though. And he, he probably, does. he, probably, he does, but, I, better guys. but you and I had this discussion a couple weeks ago. Well, we feel and what NFL people feel are two totally First. different things. You could have Jerry Rice on your team or not. No. Yeah. Okay. But, let, let me go away from the Jerry Rice. Wrong wait, wait. Your, your example, you, I'll, I'll go ahead. Your, help you out. Your example was Jerry Rice on the Jets would still suck. Yes. There you go. So, 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 so these guys are going to go to terrible places. They're going to get buried. They're going to get killed. They're not going to get used right. This guy, I think, I don't, I think anywhere he goes, if he gets a chance to play, he's going to do well. I really think that. I don't think he's going to catch a lot of balls, though. Now, I said I didn't enjoy. Isaiah Spiller's film too much. A film I did enjoy was Pierre Strong. And I watched him after Spiller. So it's got to be Spiller. It's Spiller's film. It's not me. It's got to be him. Because I love Pierre Strong, man. I know he went to a small school. Um, I know he's a little smaller than the other guys. I think he clocks in a little over 200 pounds. This dude is so shifty, especially in traffic. I mean, he gives a little shimmy, little shake, and that dude is gone. And that's it. Defenders are literally laying on the ground. And oh, he's yeah. off to the races. And when he's off to the races, that's it, dude. Going, it's over seven, over seven yards a carry he averaged. Again, I get it. Less competition. But dudes who can play football can play football. It doesn't matter who they're against. Give him this. Give him an NFL offensive line, and he's going to be able to perform all, uh, just like he did. He had his competition matched who he played with, right? And he – dominated as long as his competition in the nfl matches the defense he's going to dominate or or at least have the opportunity again depending on how he's utilized and speed is speed doesn't matter how old you are what level you're past speed is speed corners chase him i did not like travis Etienne last year you watch his highlight film and he's just there's no one around him he's just out running everybody that alone got him drafted in the first round now, I'm not, Pierre Strong is not going to go in the first no, that's round. Not what I, yeah, I'm not just saying just because you're fast that you're automatically going to be great. Because I but also you, was not high on him and couldn't believe the Jags took him where they did. Uh, but this dude, man, you, again, dynamic. Best player on the field. Just unstoppable almost. I, yes, How will awesome. he be used here again? How will he be used? Who's he going to go to? Is an NFL coach going to feel the same as we do and using the way we'd love to see him used? which is uh, just so many different ways. Put him anywhere. May force a linebacker to cover him. The yeah. dude is yeah. – it's going to be sick. But the thing I, I was impressed most is, again, speed is speed. When you're just straight line speed going. And I told you a couple a couple of those long runs he had, if the corner with, with 40 yards to go is two yards behind him, by the time they got the end zone, he was seven yards behind him. I mean, the dude is just going after burners, going, and it's so smooth. He could be a beast, a straight beast. I'm going to need about 15 seconds for Kyber Williams. He's my fifth running back, 
And the only reason he's really here, I don't love him. I just felt like he did everything good. He was he was good, a jack of all trades, a master of none. Yeah. He wasn't real fast, but fast enough. Uh, he didn't break all the tackles, big, strong guy, but he wasn't the easiest to bring down. I think he can carve out a role, um, especially, again, we keep saying it, but with the right team. But he, he just – there were holes that other running backs had. They, they were better at Kyron Williams at certain things, but not as good as others. So I just kind of evened it out. Kyron Williams is pretty good at everything. They also had him return punts, which was interesting. Um, but that's my take on Kyron Williams, why he's my number five. You had uh, another guy with Brian Robinson in your top I've, five, right? Yeah, I have him at three. Simply because he plays at Alabama. It's the, the NFL breeding ground. Guys <sighs> ready to jump in right now. Again, does everything. Just like Trent Richardson? He doesn't just do everything well. He does everything. Well, that one didn't pan out, did it? They can't all be winners. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy, dude, he can play. He can do everything. He can do it not just well, but better than well. He's going to run right into a team. He's – I can't imagine being a solid contributor for years to come. Again, is he the, the is he Hall or Walker? Not if he plays. I really don't think he's even in their league. Yeah, again, 1A, 1B are up here, and then we are dropping way down to our next people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to say, I – go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm good. I, I liked Robinson. The only thing that got me was it, it was a stat. It was either yards after contact or missed tackle, something where it was he was the stats were not good. And I wish I remembered where I found it. I tried to go back and find it again. I couldn't. It was one of those things where I'm at the gym and I'm listening to a podcast and I hear it. I'm like, holy cow, that's a that's a an, a stat that I didn't anticipate. But even as, as big as he is and athletic as he is, it was something where his yards after contact weren't great or his broken tackles forced wasn't great, whatever it was. It made me kind of hit the, the pause button and think, what, what's going on here? Why is he not able to break these tackles or get these yards after contact? And that's what made me pump the brakes on him a little bit. I got you. I, got you. I, I didn't really see a lot of that with him. Uh, I, I think he's just an NFL-ready guy. He played at Alabama. They got he's my ready to go. that makes it feel any better. He's your wife? He's the other guy, dude. Jerome Ford, man, I, I think I sent you a text. I was like, hey, if you have trouble sleeping, like, put on the Jerome Ford, Dave. Yeah. And it's not against Jerome Ford. He's obviously a 100 times better football player than I am. It's just – it didn't excite me, man. I, I'm not sure what kind of role he'll carve out in the NFL. It, at least James Cook is another guy going out there, Dalvin Cook's brother. He's going to be a third down back. He can catch. He's fast. He looks like his brother on the field, kind of. Um, but he's definitely not cracking my top five for sure. I wonder sure. how he's going to take it. Not Paul, being his brother? No, not being Dalvin Cook's brother. What was your questionnaire? How he takes being Dalvin Cook's brother? <laughs> what are you asking? <laughs> you said I'm I don't wondering know how, how he's going to take, because everything I've read says he is adamant that he is a running back, not a third down back. Uh, well, so I'm yeah, really wondering okay. how he's going to take right Got from it. the beginning, because this is something we talked about, you and I, with him and a couple of these other backs that we think could carve out a real role as a true lead back. But that even if they did, say they are a third down back to start, even if these coaches they by, were forced into letting them play, they could have the greatest four-week stretch that anybody on their team's ever had. Week five, when the starter comes back, they're going to put them right back at third down because they're typecast. So many of these guys now are typecast. And I haven't read any any report from anywhere 
any GM, any executive anywhere saying that they think anything other than him being a third down back. No, you're wrong, buddy. for him. I, I mean, I know he'll cry and, you know, fall asleep on his bed of money, but nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless I, you, some of these guys, obviously, Bebo doesn't like his situation a whole lot. So he's typecast before he's even drafted. Hey, you're going to be drafted as a third down back. Deal with it. Well, hopefully he can deal with it. Um, okay, let's move on. We got wide receivers and offensive linemen left. And, dude, one of my favorite players in the entire draft, and I have been tooting this guy's horn as often as I can, as loud as I can, my number one receiver is Traylon Burks. Uh, my number two receiver is Garrett Wilson. Three, and here's the, here's the surprise, is Christian Watson. I had him at two for a while, but honestly, Wilson just uh, is as far as stereotypical receivers go. He he's got it all. Uh, Drake London is my four, and Jamison Williams is my five. Now, who are your top five? Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Traylon Burst, Christian Watson, Jamison Williams. Williams. All right, so it's the same five, just in different orders, right? Yeah, but that ACL, I just can't get on board with that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And it, not just the ACL, but we'll get to him in a minute. We got to start with my guy, Traylon. I just, I'm over the moon about him. A couple guys I felt that way last year. Uh, Javante Williams was one of them. Could not get enough of him. I cannot get enough about Traylon Burks. Watch his tape. He's got great size. He's one of the few bigger guys coming out. He's 6'2". He's 225. He's big. He's solid. I know he gets Debo Samuel comps. We talked about this when we talked about the Debo Samuel trade. It's he should. He should. They he lined up everywhere for Arkansas. He lined up out wide on the left. He lined up out wide on the right. He lined up on the wide side, the short side. He lined up in the backfield. He lined up in the slot. Whatever they needed him to do, he did. He had 65 catches, 1100 yards, 11 touchdowns. He, he, he I'm pretty sure he beats us for a moment there. I know. I just can't. I get so excited. Pro Football Focus has Burks as their number one ranked receiver. If I'm if I'm not correct, or if I'm I'm pretty sure I'm, I got that right. I know he ran a four five five forty. It's not exciting. Watch this guy on tape. Watch his highlight film if you want. He's got this play against Alabama that everyone talks about. He catches that he catches the ball, and Alabama is an NFL team in college. Those dudes aren't even close. It's, we, we watch this guy off the film. I know I talked to you a, a week or two ago. And I said, dude, listen, go back, watch more Burke's tape. And you called me and you said, how is this guy open so much? That was, dude, it's freaky. I <laughs> called you that afternoon. I remember it distinctly. I was down in the garage. I just watched it. And I'm like, of everything he does and the people, the teams he had to play against. The CC. We're talking the top corners in the game yes. as a group. Yes. I, and I, the, I said to you, like, there's one thing, though, that stood out. The dude is always wide open. We're not talking. We've got, you know, a yard of separation. We're talking like he disappears. Like I told you, it's like he's a ghost off the line. They don't even realize he's in the game. You might think just just like we were talking about the Bengals and the Rams, you might want to cover Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl. Might help. Might help. Might help to cover you know, the best guy in the game. This he, dude is just wide open all the time. And I couldn't figure out why, because it's every route. He's just wide freaking open. Off the line, man. He gives a little stutter step. 
Um, he's got nice hands, and then that's it. It's everyone underestimates this guy's speed. And if you ran a four five five, I think they're gonna. But this dude does not play four five five. He is awesome. And I'm telling you right now, I'm praying that he goes to the right team because I need this dude to be great. Who'd you say your number one guy was? You say Wilson? Yeah, Wilson. He's just a consensus guy. He's got everything. He's just it, except everything. size. Yeah, six he's, foot. He's, He's 190 ish. Now 190. Yeah. Yeah. He's not huge, um, but he, don't he is good. He is good at 50-50 balls for being that size. He's not afraid to catch a ball in traffic. The dude separates, creates separation in like short intermediate routes, maybe better than anybody. Well, I don't want to say better than anybody because we got some some guys down there. Um, not in my top five, but he he creates enough separation um that he's he's gonna be able to do it in the NFL for sure. And if he's a first receiver off the board, I won't be surprised. I think, yeah, it's, it's a, I think, honestly, it'll be him or London. It's just my personal. I got a weird thing for you. I got a weird thing for you. Watching game after game after game, play after play. You know what's weird? I don't. Garrett Wilson stumbles a lot. Does he? He does, dude. He stumbles a lot. In his routes, right off the line, he'll take three steps, he'll stumble. Now, he's not getting the ball in those plays, but if you watch him when he's not getting the ball, it's it's an odd thing. I haven't – I've been watching film on guys for years. I've never noticed anyone who stumbles a lot. He does. I have to have a look at that. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to correlate to anything in the NFL. It's such a weird thing. I love him. Listen, he's my number two guy. He's great. He, he is the most stereotypical receiver, and he's going to be really good. I honestly believe he is going to be a really good NFL receiver. It's a but stumbling out of blocks. I got you. That could be a problem. All right. Now let's talk. My number three guy, your number four guy, I think it was. Nobody has this guy in their top five. So I don't know if I'm excited that you do or if I'm upset. But Christian Watson, North Dakota State, small school, again, like our boy Pierre Strong. He's 6'4", so he's super tall. 208, I'm fine with that. This dude is one of the best athletes to ever attend the Combine. Ever. The dude ran a 4-3-6-40 and is behind only Calvin Johnson in terms of athletic prowess at the wide receiver position. He's got good hands. He's got good vision after the catch. Dude, and again, just like um, Traylon Burks. Now, he didn't line up everywhere, but he did line up in the backfield, and they were not afraid to give him the ball as a running back. And one of the stats I heard that was – very shocking to me. He had a like somewhere around 181 college touches, and 57 of those went for 20 or more yards. We're talking a third of his touches went every third touch went for 20 or more yards. That's ridiculous. He's a freak, straight freak. Watching his highlight film, you could just watch it over and over again, and you're just like, every time more amazed. I, I think I equate him to you like a far more like faster, more dynamic young Cordero Patterson, who's obviously you know, he's got himself his little niche now too. This guy again score from anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. anytime. Now, see, it, it was this crazy time. watching, I and mean, the way he runs, the way he moves, and he's so big. Yep, it, the guy could just be a straight dominator. I. I we both feel the only reason, you know, he's not rated higher is because Muscle. North Dakota State. But but he went to the he went to the Senior Bowl. He got the invite and he did great there. Also at the Senior Bowl, everyone's like, "Oh, this guy only runs nine routes and posts and stuff like that." 
he was great running routes at the senior bowl, regardless of what they asked him to run. And for me, things that things that are biggest for me as far as far as who I want to draft and where I rank my guys are things that don't show up on the stat sheet. He's not a great blocker, but he's more than willing. If if the ball's not coming to him and they're running it, he he'll gladly step in there and at least try to get in the way of somebody. But he also plays to the whistle on every play, even if he doesn't have the ball. Watch him when he's running routes and it's not throwing him. He plays to the whistle every time. He doesn't give up on stuff. Um, and I love that. I love those little things that that never show up in the stats. Of course you do, because technique can always be improved upon. Drive, inspiration, motivation, you have it or you don't. And that's it. That's it. Dan Campbell's not gonna not gonna make you want to play football more than you do. So how do you think he'll be used? Christian Watson? Yeah. It depends. Um, I mean, where's he going? Kansas City? Put him in Kansas City? Ooh, wouldn't that be exciting? This is is a dream. (laughs) Oh, you're okay. Get a little Mahomes. Yeah, I love my homies. Yeah, I know. For those of you out there, they're not my squad, the Ravens are, but I love me some Patrick Mahomes. Because I love him so much, he'll probably be misused and out of the league in three years. Yeah, which will be returning punts every other week. Man, it makes me so upset. But uh man, I I hope whoever gets him is creative. I need I need a uh, I need a play a great playmaking uh coach, someone who's gonna force feed him the ball, come scheme up with plays. around him, scheme yes, for scheme. him. Thank you. Scheme, yes. Scheme him the ball, please. That's a the one thing I, I get. You you're more into the route tree, things like that. The one thing I don't like about some of these experts talking about these guys and their route tree, so many teams you're going to go to, they're going to maybe only expect a a service here to run about four or five different routes anyway. You're rarely going out there doing everything on the field and even need to worry about it. So that comes down to the team's philosophy, right? Of course it does. Do I need a guy? Do I need a Cooper Cup that can do everything, block, run every route? do all that stuff, or do I want a Deshaun Jackson guy that is just going to do nothing but run nine routes all day? Well, I certainly hope they don't do that to him because that's going to take away from uh, the illusionness and the playmaking. I know. Um, speaking of which, you see he said today he might call it quits here, Deshaun Jackson. Well, said. yeah, maybe. D-Jacks, he, he should might have done it maybe, what, six to seven years ago. But nonetheless, dude, I hope he goes to a team that will scheme for him. I really do. I don't care if they only give him three or four routes. Make them things that work for him. Run him out of the backfield. Let him return a few punches. I don't care, I don't what care you if you play him at corner once in a while. Just get the guy on the yes. field and let him dominate. Yes, please. Um, Drake London, the other big guy. There's really only two big guys, right, that are that are up there. It's Christian Watson and Drake London also. They're about the same size, 6'4", 205, 210, something like that. Uh, the Duke, you go up and get it. He's probably the best 50-50 guy in the draft. Uh, he's hurt. Uh, didn't test a whole lot. Didn't even do a 40 at his pro day or whatever. Um, but listen, he finished this past season with 88 catches for a thousand yards, seven touchdowns. And he did it in eight games. He had 88 catches in eight games with a thousand yards, seven touchdowns. He's, I, he gets a lot of Mike Williams comps. I no, see that's it. What I was going to say that's him. I see it. I know. I, but here, here's me. I wish he was a little more aggressive when he blocked. He, he, 
he he's okay at it, but I, I'm I, I need I don't know I, I need players that that are willing at least willing to do everything. And maybe he is willing. Maybe they didn't ask him to block. Maybe they were like, dude, if you want to block, go ahead. If not, just stand there and try to get in the way. Whatever. Uh, he's going to be good though. I really do think so. Uh, I did a mock draft. He was my first wide receiver off the board to the Jets at ten. He, he, he he's going to be good. He does um, the one thing that every team needs. You get inside the 20, you need a guy you can chuck it up to in the end zone. And that's sure. Williams. He'll make some other plays. He's going to do his thing. But the dude will excel in the red zone. He's, he's going to get a monster in there. He's a big no. dude. He can jump. He catches most balls. He'll be – I can't imagine him not being a trustworthy dude. He though, He's a guy here that, say, in year one, could maybe have the most success of all these guys. Just for sure. at least from a fantasy standpoint, because he's probably going to score ten to twelve touchdowns if he stays healthy. Well, that's double digits as a rookie is it's pretty tough. Impressive. But I, I really think he could do it. The dude is he's NFL ready again. The team he gets drafted to, but the the guy can score. He's he's going to be used so much inside the twenty. Right. Last of our top five, Jameson Williams. The ACL, yeah, I get it. I know he's going to come back, but I'm just not sure what he does better than a lot of these other guys. Is he faster? Maybe. Um, he's very smooth. I, I think he has a lot of similarities with Chris Olave, who didn't even make my top five. Um, but he, he runs good routes, sure. I just they're not real crisp. If you watch him run his routes, I didn't I didn't see real crisp routes though. Hard breaks, things like that. Uh, his separation is created with speed, which is wonderful, but I need a lot more than, than just that. I, what does he have that Henry Ruggs didn't? A brain. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Hopefully. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. Is that a question or is that a rhetorical question? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. Leaving the cerebral part out of it. The funny thing with Ruggs is I should have bet my house with you that year because I told you, and I hope you'll give me my props, that he was going to go first of the receivers. And you Just told didn't me make I sense. was freaking nuts. Well, I was out of my gourd. What am I talking about? I underestimated the Raiders. How could you do that? Speed, I know. Baby. I know. I know. Speed, baby. I know. Clellan Farrell. I know. I underestimated the Raiders. And that, you know what? That was on me. That was on me. <laughs> I just I just don't see what everyone sees in Jameson Williams. I think he's okay. He's fast. And oh, he's, are we are we we're not going into Thibodeau territory here, are we? No, no. We'll get to that next next week. Um, couple guys I do want to touch on. Sky Moore is very Cooper Cup-ish in his route running. He is. Um he he was Gosh, he was very fun to watch. A lot of guys are on Jahan Dotson. I love him in the interview. I listened to a few interviews of him. He's a great dude. I'm not sure I saw a lot on tape that would make me fall in love with him. And Chris Olave, the one thing that gets me with him, he's very smooth. I talked about that with Jameson Williams. He's faster in a 4-3-9-40. Um, the thing with him is I didn't see a whole lot to make me think he's a number one receiver in the NFL. If he's a number two, I think he'll be pretty successful. Him as a number one, I just don't see it. I got you. He might not be. If I had one to pick that I think could 
you, you might think I'm nuts here. You've had the best NFL career of all of them. If he keeps it everything right, is our boy, Mr. George Pickens. He's a freak. He's a freak. But, man, well, he's got, he's got a got, hurt. What's that? People give Jamison Williams a pass for an ACL, but they don't give Pickens a pass. Well, Pickens was before his. He's got more time to heal. Uh, but what I'm saying, right. So what, what I'm saying is, why are we not talking about him more? We're still talking about Jamie, Jameson Williams, maybe being the first wide receiver off the board, but we're not talking about Pickens. It's what it's your one of your big things. It's the heart. It's the drive. It's the motivation. Is he going to work hard when your own when your own uh, head coach tells the NFL that you're not going that this guy doesn't work very hard? That's that's yeah. not that's not a good thing. You know, like I said, punching people, getting kicked out of games for punching your opponents. These are good. these aren't good things. And suspended from the team for breaking team rules. These things matter now. The NFL's in their little crisis of all the foolishness that goes on. So these things matter. So guys like that drop. So on our Devo world, quickly, so we can then move on. So I read something today. Who was it? It was one of these. It was Daniel Jeremiah. So obviously everybody's saying who's the next Devo because who could the 49ers get? So the one, of course, our boy. Traylon Burks is the one he said he thinks could the most, the most obvious one that could just run in and take his spot, do what he's doing with the Niners, which I, I pretty much agree. They're, they're, yeah. But he then, he throws in out of this, the Vellis Jones from Tennessee. Interesting. would be a guy that would maybe go in like the sixth round that he could see the dude that's most like him that could actually run that, just plethora of plays. You never know what the guy's going to do. I found it interesting. but I've watched zero seconds of him on film, but I will after we get off here. I just did a little today, and it's not bad. The biggest knock on him most of people have is that he's turned 25 next in two weeks. That's tough, too. I that think Debo's not even 25 yet. He might not be. <laughs> I think he is. He might not be, but he, I was really surprised by that, so I'd look more into him. The dude can play. All right. We're going to have to run through these oh, these offensive linemen pretty quickly, all right? Oh, I love that because they're boring. Okay. Well, not for me, but fair enough. To each their own. Ik, uh, Iki Iquanu, NC State. He's my favorite guy. He is awesome. He's so angry. He's a mauler. He could use some work in pass blocking, but I think he's the best tackle uh, he has very heavy hands. He loves to hurt people. And um, if we can coach him up a little bit, pass pro, I think he'll be all right. Listening to him in interviews, he's very humble. He's He knows what he needs to work on, and he's willing to do it. Charles Cross, for me, he's my number two. I know that's sort of taboo because it's usually Neil and Equanu and one of those two orders. But he's definitely the best pass blocker of the bunch. And he can anchor well enough. Um, and run blocking, I, I just feel like he's good enough at it. He's not great. He needs work. He's good enough at it. I heard Andre Dillard comps, which being an Eagles fan scares me to death because I can't have that happen with Charles Cross. Um, but I think he, when it's all said and done, if he's the best tackle in the bunch, I can believe you. Evan Neal from Alabama, he is a, an absolute monster, 6'7", 340. He's refined. His technique is great. He goes to Alabama. That's what Alabama does. He can play both tackle positions. He can play both guard positions, probably, if you wanted him to. Kenyon Green is number four for me. 
that dude is explosive. He is athletic. He played all four positions along the line except for center. Uh, I loved his film a lot. He got me excited. And then my five is Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa tackle. Another big dude, 6'7", 330. And this dude is just, he's awful to be around. He <laughs> He's a monster. He's, he, he's rude. It's it's he's very very mean. Watch him. He will hit someone, and then start looking around to see who else can I hit. Has a whistle blown yet? I haven't heard it. Who else can I hurt? He got in trouble at the Senior Bowl for trying to hurt the guys on his own team in practice. Now I don't I don't know if it was for show, but whatever that's it what is, I think he's looking for dude, respect because Northern Iowa. Dang. That's the big he's, knock on him. Who did he have to play against? He's got a nasty demeanor, my friend. Chime in on some of those and maybe add in a guy if you need to. Mine are pretty much the same except one. I had Evan Neal first. He's the most refined of the bunch. He's a dude that's going to be starting right off the bat. Charles Cross, I had a two who you had a two. Same thing. At least oh, half that- needs to become a better run blocker. Absolutely seems like he has a great head on his shoulders and is willing to do that. Um, Connor, he's a same thing. Great run blocker, elite run blocker, needs to learn how to pass protect better and quick in throwing off his blocks. But again, willing to do it. Mm. A lot of these guys, you know, that's why they go to the NFL to get refined, become better at what they need to do. Then I had uh, at four green for all the reasons you did. But then for five, I put in uh, Mr. Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. And the real reason why is because the drop off in centers is massive there's him and then there's not going to be another guy maybe drafted for a full round maybe more well depending zion johnson the um guard out of boston college when he went to the senior bowl they asked him to try to snap and he did i doubt he's going to get drafted as a center but he was willing to do it and i love that cool yeah he's he's in there i mean he's good dude but but Linderbaum's, I mean, he's to prove why he played Iowa, so he had some tough competition. I'd love for the Ravens to take him. All right, need so an need an anchor. Last, last thing, ring, uh, get your bell rung podcast. Who are you ringing your bell for? You got one player, one position. I don't care who it is. Who are you ringing the bell for? Who are you fighting for? You're in the draft room. We need this guy that we haven't talked about. We haven't okay. talked about. Who do you want? Somebody we've not talked about yet. Yes. yes. I'll give you mine. So you weren't ready. I'll give you mine. I, 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 I surprised you with this. I'll okay. give you mine. So it'll be Wendell Robinson, wide receiver. Buddy, this guy okay. is shifty. He had over 100 catches this year. He is, He's little, I know, but gosh, he's so exciting to watch. And you get this guy on a team, you get someone smart enough to, to give him the ball and scheme ways for him to get it, he's going to be explosive. Okay, I'm going to give you one that I know you don't like. Because he's small. But this is a dude, man, I watch him. I think he looks impressive. And I'm going Mr. Calvin Austin from Memphis. I don't not like him. He's I a don't cheetah dude. Like the dude can run. Yes. I think anything I read about him is scouts, GMs, anybody, they want to add a little weight. Not enough to slow him down, but just to, if you can just add a little bit more, get him a little bit more refined and route running. The dude could be a playmaker. He really could, but he might just be the next Tavon Austin, a dude that's really fast, smallish, and never does a whole lot except random amazing touchdown once in a while. But the dude I love that the, play. I love the the fantasy lover in both of us came out because we both picked wide receivers. 
Well, yeah, we want points, baby. Right. I want guys hey. like this. I want him going to KC. Well, we well, wouldn't mind seeing that. Is there anybody better than Andy Reid to scheme for somebody like that? Well, Tyreek Hill, let me ask you real quick. I know where you're going. Would Tyreek Hill ever have done everything he did? No way. He didn't go no. to KC. No way. No, no way. way. Gotcha. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, make sure you check out episode two next week. We'll break down all the defensive prospects in the draft. You'll definitely want to hear my take on Kayvon Thibodeau. And we will talk. Does Sauce Gardner have a chance to go number one? I think we have a take that can support that. I think we do. He's Kevin. I'm Bobby. We'll see you all next time. Thanks.